you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. to be here today with you guys, and I'm excited to be a part of kicking off a new sermon series. You guys saw the little promo for it. It's called Less Is More, and I am pumped to see all the things that we're going to learn, and I'm pumped to see all the things that God is going to do through this, and I think summer is the perfect time to figure out how we can get that balance back in our lives. So the purpose of this message, it's all based on a study of Colossians. And whenever I was studying and getting to know more for myself, I found that the heartbeat of Colossians has two two big focuses. And that is the supremacy of God and the sufficiency of God. And I don't know if any of you are like me you start reading and you hear the word like sufficiency, all these big old words and your brain just automatically checks out. Anybody else out there like that? So you Google it. What does it mean? It does not mean the first thing. I mean, I imagine supreme. I'm like supreme pizza. No, it's not supreme pizza. Whenever you look it up, supremacy or supreme means superior, highest in authority. There is no one higher than this person or this thing. And so the purpose that Paul has for Colossians is talking about the supremacy of Jesus, talking about the sufficiency of Jesus. Now sufficiency, that means that he is enough, that nothing else will do, he is enough. And whenever I was thinking through that of, Paul had a point, Like he wanted the people, and I'm going to talk about the people in just a minute, but he wanted these people to know that God is supreme and that he is sufficient. And there's a reason why. It wasn't just to declare his glory. Obviously, we want to do that, but it's because there was a threat. You see, in this town, this little space of Colossae, there was this group of believers. There was a church there, and they had it going on. Like they were doing the right things, saying the right things, believing the right things. But how many of you know when you choose to follow God with everything you've got, opposition is going to come and try to throw you off track. So this is what's happening in this time. Paul is writing a letter to the people at the church in Colossae, and he is going to get ready to debunk some threats that these people are hearing that the enemy is using to throw them off track. And I think it's amazing the people that God chooses to use. The person writing this letter is Paul, who was formerly Saul. And Saul did it all and got the t-shirt. I mean, he had experienced life to the fullest and experienced it all. He had did some really terrible things. But God came in, transformed his life, and his name was even changed from Saul to Paul. So he knew the tactics of the enemy, and he is fearless. Like, Paul is ready to attack this head-on. He's not going to sissy around it. He's like, no, these are the threats. 
but God. And these are the two threats that we find. The first one is that Jesus is less than God. Jesus is less than God. And I don't want to spoil it because that's, that's one, of our, one of our points. But that's one of the threats that they had on the church in Colossae was that Jesus was good. I mean, he's up there with the angels and with these high um, authority people, but he's not God. So he's below. That is a lie. Another thing was that you had to have this secret knowledge or the secret passcode or the secret arrival to get revelation from God. Like it was available to the select like 5%, but then the rest of you, you had to wait until you earned that arrival. That's not true. He's available to us all. And now before we dig in, I want to make one more little point that I thought was really interesting. When I was looking up and like reading Colossians in my Bible, it gives you a map and it helps you like with the context and what's going on in that time. And whenever I was reading underneath the map of Colossae, it said that Colossae is geographically located at a crossroads. And so you'll see up here a crossroads. This is a lot like our lives a spiritual crossroads. We have gotten so used to going after this paved way. It's wide open. It doesn't look near as scary or take near as much effort as this one is going to. So just like the people in Colossae who are geographically in this crossroads, we are the same way. And so I want you to remember that in this world, we are constantly faced with decisions. We're, we've gotten really, really good at this 50-50 lifestyle. Maybe you're a little bit better than the rest of us and you're really good at the 75-25 lifestyle. But I'm telling you right now, God is calling us to live a full life in Christ, to choose to give up this way of more that seems easy and it feels good in the moment. And it has its way that seems mapped out to the world, but God is saying, no, I promise you, if you'll follow me, less is more. This is the road that's less traveled. This is the road that's not as easy to take. It takes sacrifice, it takes trust. But I promise you, if we will do what the word of God says and we choose the road less traveled, less is more. And so as we jump in, I'm gonna go ahead and give you my two points ahead of time because I want you to leave knowing two things. And I'm gonna bug you all throughout this, these next about 30 minutes. The two things I want you to leave knowing is Jesus is fully God. That's one of the threats that Paul is trying to debunk. Jesus is fully God. And here's the second thing. Jesus is fully available to me. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the revelation of all that you are, every part of who you are. And I thank you even more so that you choose to dwell and make yourself available to us. God, open up our hearts, open up our minds, wake us up if we're sleepy so we can hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray, A to the men. So the scripture that we're going to be using, like I said, the whole Less is More sermon series is based on Colossians. But today we're going to be talking from Colossians 1, and we're going to look at just a chunk of that scripture. Now, so you don't check out on me, and I start reading 15 through 23, 
I'm not going to do that. We're going to look at a good chunk first, and then we're going to break it down from there. But I do want to encourage you, when you go home sometime this week, go home and read Colossians 1. Follow us on this journey as we are pursuing this less is more lifestyle. Follow us on this journey. Make it personal to you. So today specifically, we're going to be working with verses 15 through 23. And I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. And I always like to preface this. When, I, when we use other translations, you always want to make sure that you check that what you're reading has the right context, the right, all of those things. So whenever I'm reading from this translation, like I said, I'm one of those people, big words scare me. If I don't understand it, I flee. So I believe in the power of using different translations to help you understand. And so when I was reading in all different kinds for this scripture, the Passion Translation just stood out to me in a way that felt more real and more applicable for what I feel like God was trying to say. So the first thing I want you to leave knowing today is Jesus is fully God. And we're going to look at verse 15, and this is where I said, stay with me. This one's a little bit long, but we, the word of God is good. The word of God does not return void. This is our lifeline. This is where we learn all the things we need to know so we can pursue that road less traveled. So verse 15 says, he, he is Jesus, is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, all that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. And when it says, like all those sound like big words, I'm one of those people, we're gonna make it real, okay? It says every seat of power, every realm of government, every principality, every authority, these are those spiritual forces, those spiritual powers of the enemy that are coming and contradicting the word of God. So all of those oppositional things that in that spiritual realm, okay? So all of those, every, everything that Jesus is, everything exists through him and for his purpose, he existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. Verse 18, he, Jesus, is the head of the body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he's the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of the cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Like there's a lot going on in that chunk of scripture. And the first thing that I want to pull out from that is Christ is the visible image of an invisible God. We have the Trinity, we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is that physical, when I heard this in there, I said it, Jesus was a physical agent of the Trinity. Jesus was not 50% Jesus and 50%, no, Jesus is fully God. And these people, the enemy was trying to distract them from that and make them think that God is here and Jesus is, I mean, 
slightly under, but that's not the truth. It said Christ is the visible image. It is a physical picture of the invisible God. They are the same. And then further on in that scripture, it even says God was pumped to be dwelling in Jesus. There was no comparison or, oh, you can, you know, rise up to here. But no, Jesus was the physical agent of the Trinity and God was excited and he was pleased to be dwelling, not 50-50 in him. He was dwelling fully in him because Jesus is fully God. Everything was created through him and for him. Listen to that very first word everything. You are everything. This is the cool part about the Bible. Whenever we're reading the story, this isn't meant to be a story that we read and put on the shelf. This is a personal word that we can apply to our lives. So I want you to hear everything, you are everything, was created for him. Everything, which is you, were created in him. That answers all of our life questions. Um, I was made through him, so all my insecurities, they don't belong there because guess who made me? God made me. I was made through him, through his image, so there was no mistake in making any one of us. But listen to that last part. We were made for him. So when we find ourselves at this crossroads, now we have a lens that we can look for. Okay, this thought that I'm thinking, is it for him? Or is it for me? Is this action, this thing I'm about to do, is it for him or is it for me? Is this relationship I'm diving into, is it for him? Is it for me? Just that one question, if we live our lives through Jesus and we live our lives for Jesus, it weeds out all of those decisions that cause heartbreak, all of those decisions that make it easier to go for the more. And in the word, we learn that just like that. Jesus existed before anything else, and he holds everything together. How many of you have said the phrase within the past couple weeks, I've got to get my life together? Yeah, same. I am a pro at I'll start on Monday. And I'm at about my 43rd Sunday And I need to start tomorrow because I've got to get my life together. This weekend, I was laying in bed, and I'm going to just tell on myself, but it's fine, we're family. This weekend, I was laying in bed, watching a workout video, and I was eating baked chips. Now they're baked, so I felt like there was some balance going on in there. But I watched the entire 20-minute walk the weight off (laughs) while eating my chips because I know I have to get my life together. But the problem is, as silly as it is, it's so true. We're constantly trying to get our lives together, but Jesus isn't at the center of it. Now I'm talking relationships. I'm talking job I'm talking ministry, but even your health. Like, we're over here like, why can't I get the weight off? Why can't I? 
Jesus isn't at the center of it. He's not at the center of the relationship, of the job. We're striving for this path of more, more, more. What can I get out of it? And Jesus is like, I was there before anything else. I existed before any of those other things that you're turning to for satisfaction. That's the only thing that's going to make your life actually, for the first time, hold together. For your 43rd Sunday to turn in the number one Monday that's, that changes the whole trajectory of your life. So instead of looking for the next best workout or diet plan or devotional or word at fusion. <laughs> we're looking for words. We're looking for people. We're looking for things to fill, to give us these answers. When we stop looking in all of those places and we get back to the heartbeat, which is Jesus and being in his presence, like nothing's going to change because he is the one that holds everything together. He was the answer before any other person could be your answer. He was created before anything or person was created. He is the answer. So when we come back to this crossroads, because it's here, it's in front of us all the time, we have to come locked and loaded with what we already know and believe. And I'll go ahead and give you some of the answers. One, God, Jesus is fully God. Fully, not 50-50. Jesus is the answer fully. Not some of the times, not when I like the answer. Jesus is the answer. And I have to know that no one else or no other thing is going to be able to bring me that answer like Jesus can. Because Jesus is supreme, now, I debunked that word, he's supreme, he's superior, he's higher than any other thing or person, and he's the head of the church. He's head of Compassion Church, he's head of Big C Church, we're the body, like he still gets to use us. It says he is the firstborn heir in the resurrection. Now, whenever I was looking that up, it does not mean that Jesus was the first person born. Firstborn in this context means that he has an authority and, an, and a title that he earned from the resurrection. Like he paved the way in the resurrection and now he is the firstborn heir of resurrection. He is the highest of highs. There's no one above him. Jesus is fully God. There is no one above him. Through him, this is towards the end of that little paragraph. It says, through him, God reconciled everything in heaven and on earth through Christ's work on the cross. When it says reconciled, it means that it's, he reconnected us. Like Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. And when he did, when he chose that work on the cross for us, it brought us back to our original intent. That's why I love the Passion Translation, the way it word. Brought us back to our original intent, restored to innocence again. And I think there's a lot of us in here who maybe don't feel too innocent. Like maybe you've been forgiven, but you're carrying 13 years of shame and guilt and condemnation, and you don't feel so clean and pure and innocent. 
But Jesus chose to do the work on the cross, to die for your sins, so because he loves you so much, so that you could be brought back to your original intent, back to the beginning, restored to innocence again. It opened up, this this decision that he made for us, it opened up a road to go the less is more path. And just like the people in Colossae, they were being threatened or tempted with this feeling like you had to be in this certain group or have this certain knowledge to experience God or to know or have these spiritual revelations. Jesus right here is saying, all I did this for you. I don't have a passcode that you have to get through for my presence. There is not a fence that goes up that keeps you from going down this road. He says, no, like I broke all of that off. It's not for the 5%. It's not for the 50%. It's for the 100% of you. Every one of you in this room have full access to Jesus. And that's our next point. So we know that Jesus is fully God. We also know, or if you don't, you're about to, Jesus is fully available to me. Now, if you notice, I'm using words like I, me, mine. That's like one of the big no-nos when you're speaking. You always want to make sure that everything's inclusive and it's unified. The reason I'm saying me, my, is because this book is personal. The message that Paul is getting across is personal. Everything, you are everything. So I want you to leave knowing that Jesus is available to you, that Jesus is available to me. So when I'm saying those words about myself, that's when you channel it for yourself and you make it personal for you. So verse 21, that's where we're going to pick up now. It says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing, and I mean Nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you, listen to this, he sees you holy, flawless, and restored. My gracious alive. Like reading that, like the fact that he chose us, that he knew our actions and he knew our thoughts and he still chose us. And that is something that stood out to me when I was reading um, this translation. It says that living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions. And the first place, place my brain went to was there are a lot of us who are walking around and we have done the action. We have sinned. And it, it was an action from us. And you feel the shame, you feel the guilt, you've gotten forgiveness, you're walking through all of that. But nobody is free from this life of sin. So I also know that there are some of us in this room who maybe you haven't acted on something, but you've thought it. It does not say distant from him, you're distant because of your evil actions. It says you are distant from him because of your evil 
actions and thoughts. So maybe you didn't do it, but you thought it. You're with us. But this is not the place that we are meant to stay. It says, even though you were in that place, even though you were hiding in the shadows, I still wanted to reconnect you back to me. Jesus still wants to reconnect us back to himself because that's who he is. And one of the things that I think is interesting is when we hear supremacy of God, who is the focus on? God. The focus isn't on me, my, what am I going to get out of this? But that's the culture we live in. When we listen to messages, when we listen to worship, what am I going to get out of it? What word am I? Me, 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 me. But the supremacy of God is all focused on God. And that's one thing I want to challenge us this summer is to let's get back to the basics. Let's get over ourselves. We spend so much time consumed with ourselves and what I want to do and what I need to be and who I need to become and who I want to be with and what I want to do in the ministry. No. Let's get back to reminding ourselves of who God is and who he is in my life, not what I can get out of God when I need it. That is the beauty of who God is. And I promise you, I told our last group of friends that we have this, we want to do our quiet time, but when we do, I have to listen to a fast, medium, slow song, and then I'm going to pull out my Bible app, and I'm going to read a devotional, because Joyce Myers knows all, and then I'm going to read a couple scriptures on my own, because I'm a devout follower. That's good. Please hear me. That is good. Do not stop doing that. But I do want to encourage you, put it all aside. Do your thing. But I want to encourage you, myself included, put all of those good things, those helpful things away. Get in a room and get with Jesus. Start praying. Start writing out or start speaking out loud all of the things that you know who Jesus is. Start figuring out, if God is supreme, what does that look like? What are the words that I think of about God when I think of supreme? And I promise you, when you get in the presence of God, it may feel really weird with no music in the background. It may feel really weird with no devotional to follow. But I promise you, when you get in the presence of God, he will start to speak. The words will start to flow. And the next thing you know, you have three pages written down and not a single note behind you. But we have to be willing to put aside this road for more and get back to the heart of who Jesus is, which is fully God. But Jesus loves us so much that he is fully available to us. He knows how we are, and he's like, I want to make myself available to you. He wants our praise. He wants our worship. But then above that, he gives us all of him. He doesn't make us keep our distance. He doesn't make himself unapproachable because he is superior. He contradicts society. I feel like in society, whenever you have a higher status, you become more disconnected from others because, oh, well, I have this title, so I can't. Not Jesus. Jesus is superior, highest of the highs, first place in everything, and he still chooses to draw us close. Not only does he draw us close, 
He calls us holy. He calls us blameless, knowing our thoughts, knowing our actions, knowing every single bit of it. He knows it all, and he still wants to pull us close. He doesn't do like the world does and remind you of everything you've messed up on, or he doesn't do what your own mind does and remind you of everything you've messed up on. No, he pulls you in close, and he says, in me, you're holy. In me, you are without a single fault. In me, you are restored. But what's that key little word? In me. On your own, we can't do it. Striving for more, we can't do it. But Jesus in him, fully dwelling in us, we become holy, we become blameless, we become enough. And that's the beauty of who God is. And the thing I want you to remember is when you have fully experienced God, like I'm talking for yourself, you've been alone in that room, you think about your life and where you are, you think about where you've been, what you've done, where you are now, and the grace of Jesus in your life. If, if you have not had a moment where that brings you to tears, I encourage you, get to that place. Think about where you would be if you did not have Jesus. Because when you fully realize, when you fully realize everything that Jesus is and everything that Jesus has done in our lives, we can't be the same. This 50-50 lifestyle doesn't cut it anymore. This 75-25 lifestyle does not cut it anymore. You follow that path, you feel depressed again. You follow that path, you're back in addiction. You follow that path, you're back with that person you know you shouldn't be. There's not the peace that follows. And that's because Jesus loves you too much to let you just live your happy little life of more. And there's gonna be those things and those nudges and those lack of, the lack of peace and the lack of fruit in your life that's gonna give you signs to realize Jesus is tapping on your heart and he is saying, my child, let's go the other way. Like I want you to be fully in me. So when you fully experience the presence of God, we know that this big open path that seems real tempting, it's fleeting. But we are called to go after a life of less. But with Jesus, less is more. You'll be surprised if every one of us in this room made a commitment for the next week. I'm gonna go after this road less traveled. I'm gonna give Jesus a shot. I would be excited to hear the testimonies that come out of, your out of your mouth. I would love to hear the things that God does because you chose to sacrifice what you wanted in the more and you chose to go for the less. I promise you that life is gonna be way more rewarding than anything you could have conjured up on your own. And you can do it. Like every, every bit of this, this is not overcomplicated. We're scaling it down. It, this is applicable and that's exactly what we wanna do. We wanna know that one, Jesus is fully God and that Jesus is fully available to me. So now's the fun part. Now's when we make it personal. 
Because if we walk out of this room the same way that we came in, nothing changes, no other people are changed, we, we learn nothing. So I want to take just a couple minutes, this will be quick, and I want you to do a little inventory of yourself. Where are you? Are you living that 50-50 lifestyle? You'll do good for a little bit and then we veer off. Are you 75, 25, like you've got your life mostly together, but every now and then we've got those slip-ups. Are you 100% locked in? If you are, congratulations. Like that's what we want. That is a good thing. If that's you and you're on the 100% locked in life, keep going. The enemy will come and will try to stray you away, but you have a firm foundation. So you keep going deeper. You keep pressing in more. So I want you to think about where you are. Maybe you're 100% on the, the road for more. You're like not even trying. But, I mean, we've all, we've all had those moments. So I want you to think about that. And I want you to close your eyes. We're going to get personal. We're family. I mean, personal between me and you. Nobody else is going to see. I won't tell anyone, I promise. I want to know where you're at. If you were that person and you were like, I know that God has called me to live fully for him, but I'm kind of veering off, I've been distracted, or maybe I'm all the way in this life of more. If that is you, can you raise your hand for me? There are hands going up all over the place because you're not alone. Every single one of us have crossroads. Every single one of us have those moments where we are choosing to go the wrong path, but it does not have to end. So if that is you and you are ready to say, I wanna go after the road that's less traveled. I wanna go after the heartbeat of Jesus. I wanna hear his voice, experience his peace, live for him like he created me to do. Then I want you guys to just be praying with me. God, I thank you so much for the boldness of the people in this place, God, that are saying, look, I know I don't have it all together. I know you're the answer and I need you to show up right now because I've been going after this life of more on my own for far too long and it's not working out too well. So God, come in, have your way. When I feel a thought creep up, when I feel myself wanting to act on something, remind me of the crossroad remind me that you are fully God and that you are fully in me, which gives me the authority to turn the other way. Now, if you're the, the other group of people and like you don't even know God for yourself, like you don't know, we heard about the whole supremacy thing, you hear about how great he is, but he hasn't been fully available for you or you didn't know if that is you, I want you to know that we have all been there and you are in the right place. If that is you and today you're like, I want to know this Jesus for myself. I want to be reconnected back to innocence where all of my sin and all of my shame is washed away in an instant. I want you to raise your hand. Amen. You guys are not alone. Like you are getting to join this family of believers who say, you know what, we're not perfect, but that's okay. We're striving for this road less traveled. So all of my family, I want you to pray with me and with our two new friends in this house. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. 
and who you are to me. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. This is just the beginning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.